You are Locked On Tigers, your daily Detroit Tigers podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What is up, everybody? We are back here for another edition of Locked On Tigers. Today is Friday. Happy Friday, ladies and gentlemen. November 5th, 2000. And 21. Thank you for making Locked On Tigers your first listen every day, free and available on all platforms. This episode is brought to you by Spotify Greenroom. Download the Spotify Greenroom app and find one of our Locked On rooms. All right, everybody, it's time. It is time. We're going to have a little fun. We're going to have a little fun. We're going to break down the Tucker Barnhart trade and break down Tucker Barnhart. It actually fits right in to our uh, the series we were already running when, when the Tigers make a make a make a move like that make a trade early on in the offseason and we're like hey you know nothing's gonna happen for a while let's just do some player breakdowns and then boom Alavila and AJ Hinch right out of the, the the woodwork just start wheeling and dealing so we are here and we're just gonna work Tucker right into our player breakdown series, because that's how we roll. We're like that. We're about that. Okay? It's going to be a lot of fun. We're going to break him down, and and, and we're going to break... Yesterday's show, if you haven't listened, was a crossover with Locked On Reds. Had a lot of fun. Got to give uh, a little update on the Reds organization. Seems to be heading in more of a rebuild, whereas we seem to be heading out of a rebuild and into our, what is hoped to be competitive window. We kind of compare franchise, we compare the trade, talk about Nick Quintana um, and, and the return that they got. So all of that on yesterday's show on our on our crossover episode. But today it's just me. You're you're back with, with just me in, in, in safe arms, I guess. Uh, and, and we get to discuss Tucker Barnhart for an entire half hour. I cannot wait. Let's get right into it, man. I, I, I am so pumped. What a what a fantastic what a fantastic move this was. First off, we'll just get right out of the way really quick. Nick Quintana uh, was a second round pick in 2019. I believe he was signed for a 1.5 million dollar signing bonus, something like that. A lot of money, um, and has uh, I, I don't like just coming on and like bashing people, um, but he, he's honestly just flat out not been good. Um, he's he's 24 now. At the end of next season, he will be 25 years old, and he was playing a majority of the season this year, or not a majority. He 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 played rookie ball this season, and he's almost 25 years old, uh, and hit sub 200 across rookie league and single A this season. Um, ha, ha, draws a decent amount of walks. I love players that draw walks. He has some versatility in the field. Can play a couple different positions, um, but but he if, if the ball is thrown in the strike zone, uh, he has not proven that that he can really take advantage of that. And, and already in his mid twenties, this is very much a player that the Detroit Tigers were willing to get rid of. I guess is what I'm trying to say. Not not just gonna come on here and 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 just talk down on somebody, but. From an organizational perspective, this is very much someone that the Tigers had had no uh, second guess or, or no doubt, I should say, 
that uh, that that they were willing to part ways with them and, and get someone of of value. And, and let, let's get into the fun part. Let's get into Tucker, man. Tucker Barnhart, your Detroit Tigers catcher for this upcoming season. Um, okay, let's get into the player that Tucker Barnhart is. We are getting a very good defensive catcher behind the plate, one of the better pitch, pitch framers in all of baseball, and a below-average hitter at the catcher position. Okay, uh, Yesterday, amidst all of the excitement and when we're making a trade and, and whatnot, uh, a lot of people were, were kind of trying to bring me back down to earth. A lot of people were, were trying to like, hey, why are you... Why are you so excited over this guy? He, you know, he's he's a good defender and stuff. But uh, last season he was his career high in WAR, and according to FanGraphs, and he had a, like a 1.2 WAR, and that was his career high up to this point. I, I don't want to make it sound like we're bringing in Johnny Bench. You know what I mean? I I, I don't want to get that misconstrued. I, I don't want to have everybody believing that this dude's going to be like a seven WAR player and and be a perennial All Star or anything. But I. I love catchers. I was a catcher my entire life. Uh, I, I'm fascinated. It, it, one of the only kind of more traditional takes I have in the game of baseball is being anti-robo-ump because I love pitch framing so much and I think it's so important. And I, I'm, I'm fascinated by by uh, by pop times and, and catchers' uh, defense and blocking pitches and, and the value of a catcher behind the plate is some one of the the things that I, I take a, a lot of my pride in and, and that I am very very fascinated with so when we bring in such a good defensive catcher such a good game caller such a good uh, leader of a pitching staff especially with these young arms that we have I'm going to get unbelievably excited and I think that was just kind of, uh, I don't want to say confusing, but but kind of lost on some people. Um, I, I get a lot of, of messages <laughs> daily because of the industry I work in and the platform that that I have been uh, so gratefully given, um, and and I call call called everything, called a lot of different things. Um, but but I, I just wanted to clarify that because. Uh, again, I, I don't want my excitement to seem like we're we're getting a, an MVP candidate or anything, but I am going to be very excited about Tucker, about Mr. Barnhart, because uh, and and also he seems excited, which makes then me more excited. You know what I mean? So just getting someone who is so good at being a catcher, and, and my love for the catcher position. I, I, that is where a lot of my excitement comes from. So let's get into some of these stats from Tucker Barnhart. Like I said, this past season, 2021, according to Fangraphs, is the best season of his career. A 1.2 war. Uh, his previous high was in 2017 when he had a one war. Last season, that 1.2 was also only in 116 games. Uh, that is fourth ish third or fourth most games played he's played his entire career uh so we're, we're getting someone who is very capable of being behind the plate for long periods of time for for a majority of the season and uh that we'll kind of get into his role and uh how often we expect him to play and such at the end of the show 
Uh, but for now, let's let's take a look at the offensive numbers. And we're not going to spend too terribly much time, I guess I would say. I don't know. We'll see where the episode takes us. But let's start with this offensive production. Okay, last season he had a 7.5% walk rate, a 25.8% strikeout rate, a 121 isolated slugging, isolated batting uh average so that's uh we've been into that with some of the previous people on these player breakdowns that that slugging percentage which really just taking out the singles uh 324 babip he had a, his slash line for you traditionalists out there a 247 batting average a 317 on base percentage and a 368 slugging percentage so we're you're you're not getting a uh, a a crazy offensive production Okay, you're not. When when we look at OPS, which is uh, one of my my favorite stats for people that tend to be traditionalists, uh, looking at his OPS, his career OPS is 696, so just a hair below that 700 mark, uh, and was a 685 last season. Uh, 2017 was the best offensive season of his career, and that was a 750 OPS, which is was a 95 OPS plus that season. So the best year of his career, he was 5% below league average offensively. His career OPS plus is 83. So pretty comfortably below league average at the plate. But we're going to get into some interesting stats. He's a left-handed bat, Okay. And we're going to get into some interesting stats about why him being a lefty could actually provide some some better offense than maybe these underlying stats uh, may appear. Okay, And then we'll obviously get into uh, me drooling over the defense and and the defensive metrics and and his framing and all that as well. But first, got to tell you all about our best friends over at... Built Bar. I love Thanksgiving. All the good food, treats, plenty of them, but maybe you want a yummy dessert that isn't so full of calories and sugar. It's the perfect time for Built Bars, baby. Built Bar is the new holiday dessert. Feast on something delicious and feel good about it after. One slice of pie has upwards of 300 calories. That's on the low end. Most Built Bars are only 130 calories, only 4 grams of sugar, and have plenty of protein. Replace the coconut cream pie with a coconut Built Bar. Go for the Raspberry Built Bar instead of the Raspberry Pie. There's lots of good flavors to replace any pie this this Thanksgiving. Low calorie, low carb, low fat, high protein, covered in 100% real chocolate. Built Bar is a great option when you're hungry. If Thanksgiving isn't coming soon enough, go for a Built Bar or two. Share some of your family gatherings. It may it may make things less awkward, honestly. Aunt Betty hasn't tried a Built Bar. That, that's ridiculous. That, that's inexcusable behavior from Aunt Betty. There's new surprises all month. Limited time flavors arriving at Built.com regularly. So check the site often. There's nothing like a Built Bar. And there's nothing like Built Bar Black Friday. So mark your calendar. Black Friday will be a huge event. Well, all sorts of surprises. Go to Built.com. Use promo code LOCK15. You'll get 15% off of your order. That's promo code LOCK15 for 15% off at Built.com. We are back here for segment two of the Tucker Barnhart Player Breakdown. Thanks for making Locked On Tigers your first listen every day, free and available on all platforms. All right, let's get right back into it, okay? So 
His uh, his offensive numbers we took at him. The underlying numbers are are nothing to to write home about. They're nothing absolutely fantastic. Uh, his exit velocity this past season was in the fifteenth percentile. Hard hit percentage ninth. Uh, expected batting average second. Expected slugging second. A K percentage in the twenty first. Walk percentage in the thirtieth. Barrel percentage in the thirteenth. Everything fifteen percentile or under when it comes to his offensive numbers but there is something interesting okay he's a left-handed bat as we know when we take a look at his splits versus right-handed and left-handed pitching across his entire career last season his splits against righties and lefties were honestly not too far apart okay so if you're just looking at 2021 there there, there wasn't too much of a difference he did face a lot more righties than lefties um, but but not not too terribly much of a difference. But looking at his entire career's body of work, his OPS against right-handed batters is 722. He has a 256 batting average, a 333 on base percentage, a 389 slugging percentage. And against lefties, he has a 214 batting average, a 288 on base percentage, and a 295 slugging percentage. Now in 2021. His left-handed numbers were a lot better than his career numbers, like comfortably. Almost, almost uh, I, I want to say almost 100 points higher OPS-wise against lefties last season than his career numbers show. However, his right-handed splits, or his, his splits against righties, I should say, this past season were, were about 50 points lower than his career numbers. So... Across his career, actually a, a much better hitter against righties. Still, again, 722 OPS. Not not trying to make it sound like that's that's all-star caliber or anything. But if, if I get, there's a lot more righties in the world than lefties, and that applies to baseball too. If I get a 720-ish OPS from Tucker Barnhart and we put him in against righties, and Eric Haas comes in against lefties. And we get that OPS with the, the defensive and framing production that I know he will give us behind the plate. I am going to be an incredibly happy camper. Okay, so that's just the last thing I want to touch on with his offense. Is there is some potential for those numbers to be a little higher if we put him in in right-handed situations and Eric Haas stays healthy and, and can uh, beat up on lefties like he did this past season. Okay? And also, because there's a lot more righties than lefties, pitching-wise, in baseball, that gives you the, the significantly better defender in Tucker Barnhart behind the plate more often, too. And Eric Haas has proven that, that he can have the ability to play some corner outfield, not at an elite level or anything, but he can do it. Uh, Miggy needs a day off. You can put him at DH. You can find ways to have both of them play on the same night if you really wanted to and make sure that that the good defender is behind the dish and completely not completely just kick Eric Haas to the curb. Eric Haas can, can catch against uh, when the opposing pitcher is a, is a lefty. And if it is a righty for, for a, you know, whatever, an entire series in a row and you want to give Haas some at-bats, you can find other ways to work him into the lineup too. Okay, I don't want to make it sound like Haas is just forgotten about and is just a nobody now. This is very, very exciting. The more options, the better. 
And that's what we were given. So let's get into these just just me drooling over his defense. Okay, we're going to start off with just his, his traditional defense. Okay, first off, when he got traded, every single pitcher on that Reds team made a huge post on social media about how he was uh, the, the leader of the pitching staff, how much they were going to miss him, how, how awesome he handled the staff, how, how much of a hard worker he is, and how great of a teammate he was. That, that's a fantastic start. And then even more so on the Tigers side, the three-headed monster, my, uh, well, two of the three, Mize and Scooble, both threw up uh, on, their, uh, on their social media the acquisition of Tucker Barnhart. They know what he brings. They're, this is their second year in the league. They're in their early mid twenties, and they already, just off reputation, pretty much understand how valuable he's going to be, and are excited about it too. Okay, so that's awesome. His defensive numbers are great. When looking at his his numbers behind the plate, uh, defensive runs saved is is a stat that we have used a, a plenty of when look doing these player breakdowns. His defensive runs saved. For his career is a positive 20. In 2017, he had a plus 15. That is elite territory. That is absolutely, that's gold glove worthy. He's a two-time gold glove winner as well. Uh, so, so that is absolutely fantastic. And then looking at his last three seasons, in 2019, he had five in 773 innings. In 2020, he had eight in 272 innings because of the shortened season. Eight defensive run saves in that, in that few amount of innings. And then this past season, he had exactly zero, which is uh, one of the lower numbers of his career. Early on in his career, he had a couple of negatives, but uh, zero is the last time he went that low was 2018. So that's four years ago was the last time that he had anything that, that was even less than five. Uh, so zero obviously doesn't jump off the page, not a super sexy number by any stretch, but when when you're talking about that being in, in the last four years of his career, that being the, the lowest of the low, I'm very excited for what he's going to bring. Very, very excited. After this, we will get into the framing, and then we will get into what kind of he brings in the situation about his uh, his his situation on the team, his contract, the, the trade details, all that stuff. But first, got to talk to you all about BetOnline. AG. We're back in better than ever. A new web interface to the start of basketball season. More props, odds, and lines than ever before. BetOnline remains your number one spot for all basketball and football action this season. Head to our new updated desktop or mobile website, website and sign up today. Receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit just using promo code Locked On to receive your bonus. From basketball, football, baseball, postseason, NHL, boxing, UFC, Right to your favorite Vegas casino games. Don't wait. Take advantage of all the amazing offers available for the 2021 season. Bet online is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your favorite sports. Bet online where the game starts. All right, everybody. We are back here for our final segment of Locked on Tigers in this player breakdown of Tucker Barnhart. One of my favorite things in baseball is, is catcher framing. Jose Molina is is my goat, the greatest framer of all time. Uh, I I love catcher framing, and this it, it it's so important 
to a young pitching staff. So I'm going to rant about that for a second. Because this entire rebuild has been built around a pitching core. The Mize Manning Scooble pitching core, bringing in Joey Wentz even, you want to throw him in there, Alex Fiedo, like it just goes on and on. This, this entire rebuild has been built around the prospect of pitching first, bringing in young pitching, young power arms from big schools. Okay, We have given our pitching staff some of the worst framers in all of baseball this entire rebuild. Wilson Ramos. You know what? Whatever your opinion on Wilson Ramos is, fine. Not good behind the plate. Not a good pitch framer. Not a good defender behind the plate. Grayson Griner has had his moments. Certainly not a, a, a fantastic defender or fantastic pitch framer. You, going even before that. Going even even into the, you know, Romine. Not a good pitch framer. Not a great defender. The list goes on and on. We have just being able to steal a strike or two. Be having that ability to have someone behind the plate and just, just be able to, to steal a strike can go such a long way into that bat and such a long way for a young pitcher's confidence. Even, even just defense, not even pitch framing. Keeping a ball in front of you, getting down and blocking and keeping a ball in front of you, not dropping a third strike. Throwing a runner out that's trying to steal on you. The list goes on and on and on of the importance of the catcher position and how vital it is to the confidence and just the flow of a game of a pitcher. And we have given our young pitching staff just some horrible defensive catchers over the last few years. So that that a lot of my excitement, as I said in the first segment, comes from just this refreshing, just just safety net of, okay, when Barnhart's back there and Mize Manning Scooball are on the bump and they're looking for confidence, that the, the confidence will not come and go based on something that's out of their control with who's behind the plate. It's so refreshing and it's so nice. His framing numbers are, are, are very, very solid. Very, very solid. When you look at framing, uh, Fangraphs have a, has a stat that's that's just a, a, a kind of a, a a number of how many how many strikes you've stolen, how many uh, runs you've influenced, that kind of stuff. And the last three years have been all positive and all comfortably positive. 2019, 4.1, 2021.6, 2021.2.4. Another way to kind of compare his framing against the framing of other catchers in baseball, we can look at his percentile rankings for where he ranks in framing. In 2021, he was in the 79th percentile of framing. That means only 20% of catchers in all of baseball were better at framing than him. And 20% might seem like a lot, but every team's only got one catcher. Well, two catchers, I guess. And only 20% of catchers in baseball that qualified were better at framing than him in 2021. He was around the same 78th percentile in framing in the shortened season of 2020. 
just so refreshing. It's so refreshing. And, and he wasn't always a fantastic framer. He started off his career kind of in the lower parts of the percentile range as, as far as uh, catcher framing went. And then in 2019, he took a bid step forward. It was in the 60th percentile. And then I, I just read you off the last two years. This is so valuable. I cannot stress how valuable catcher framing is going to be as long as we have human umpires. And especially, just in, just in a day-to-day basis, it's so valuable and it's so important. But it becomes insurmountably more important when you're talking about the confidence of, of a bunch of people either in their rookie or second years in baseball. I love Tucker Barnhart, and I am so happy that he is a Detroit Tiger. When talking about his role on the team, we kind of got into it a little bit earlier but we'll end on breaking that down. He has a seven and his contract. I guess we can start with the contract. A seven and a half million dollar deal for this upcoming season. And that's it. Okay, so it's a one year deal. Uh, it's actually an option that, that we will obviously pick up because we just acquired him. And um, seven and a half mil. Well worth it. Not, I mean, well worth it. Is it probably a slight overpay if you're just looking at the war that he's been putting up? Sure, sure. He, he's a, he's a one win player at his at his best when when providing for a team one to two win player. It is is almost eight million dollars probably a slight overpay just off that alone? Sure, sure. That's an argument you could absolutely make. We are paying no one outside of Miguel Cabrera. We are paying nobody. Okay. And bringing in a catcher that's going to be solid behind the plate and lead this pitching staff, this young, young pitching staff, a a true leader, a good game caller, a great presence behind the plate, bringing that in for $7.5 million when we are paying one player basically on our entire team should not be a concern of anyone. If a single person is out there and is saying, oh, I, I, I like him, but I don't like him because of the money we're paying. You are ridiculous, dog. That is, that is preposterous. I can't even find the adjectives to describe how ridiculous of a statement that is. It's $7.5 million, bro. Which is obviously a boatload of money. But in the terms of, of roster construction, it's nothing. And it's for a year. It's all right. It's beautiful. It's fantastic. Everyone should be thrilled. Everybody. So, and and, and he's not horrible at the plate either. You know, he, he's comfortably below league average. But when you look at the average production offensively from the catcher position, he's actually about on par for average catcher production. And when we're, we talk about how this roster is going to be constructed next season, right? Hopefully we bring in a big name shortstop. Candelario took big steps forward. Then you're going to call up Spencer Torkelson. Then you're going to call up Riley Green. Robbie Grossman was a big plus defender. Akil Badu was or offensive bat. Sorry. Akil Badu was a big plus offensive bat. We don't need a... a crazy amount of production offensively from the catcher position because our lineup 
for the first time in half a decade, might actually not need it. Candy, Torkelson, Scope, big-name shortstop free agent, Badu, Grossman, Riley Green. That's a that's a that's a solid ass lineup, man. That's a solid lineup. You don't need your catcher to be having a, a 110 OPS plus in that lineup. You shouldn't. I will gladly take again, I cannot stress enough, especially with the youth in this staff. I will gladly take defense over offense. Gladly. Okay, $7.5 million this upcoming season. Uh, Avila was asked about the the possibility of an extension already. Doesn't sound like that's going to happen uh, before next season. But if he has a good year, he's only 30 years old. That's definitely a possibility too. Uh, Jake Rogers will be back after next season. And uh, Dylan Dingler is obviously an up-and-coming catcher and up, uh, one of our top prospects in the organization. He could have a role. So so past this season, you're not locked up with him. If, if you like where the direction of the catcher position between Haas, Rogers, and Dingler after 2022, then, then you can just do that. And then you say, thank you so much for what you did for this team this past season. And, and some other team will be just as excited about bringing him in on a cheap deal as we are. This is a fantastic move. An absolutely fantastic move. And I'm so unbelievably excited for him to start working with this staff. Casey Mize said that, uh, or Tucker Barnhart rather, said that Casey Mize reached out to him almost immediately. The boys are ready to get to work, baby. There's some dogs, and they're ready to get to work. I am so pumped for this offseason and just pray that um, that this lockout is not going to have too much effect or hindrance on my uh, everybody's excitement and, and joy for this offseason because it, it's one of the biggest offseasons in this team's history, to be honest with you. All right, thank you so much for listening to another edition of Locked on Tigers. Thanks for making me your first listen every day. Next episode, we'll probably go back into the player breakdown series uh, because we we have now covered, taken two episodes to cover the the acquisition of Barnhart and the trade itself, what it means for us in the Reds. Again, on yesterday's episode with the Locked On Reds crossover, we spent enough time doing news. We're back to probably being radio silent for a little bit uh, as more and more. Actually, no. You know what? Tomorrow we're going to talk. Well, I'll, I'll see. We'll, we'll see. Uh, we'll, we'll see where Monday takes us, okay? We'll take the weekend. Maybe some more news will break, but um, there was a few people that filed for free agency. Willie Peralta, officially a free agent. Derek Holland, officially a free agent. Julio Tehran, officially a free agent as well. Uh, there's one more name I'm forgetting. but uh, so, so we might have some news this weekend, but the player breakdown series will continue when we get all the news covered as well. So thanks for making us your first listen every day. Make your second listen. Locked on MLB, Paul Francis Sullivan, please call him Sully, brings you his unique perspective on the majors, both present and past. Free and available on all platforms. All right, Tucker Barnhart, a Detroit Tiger. Everybody should be thrilled. Fantastic move by your Detroit Tigers. Can't wait for next season, baby. The offseason has just begun. Let's ride. We ball. We ball. Uh, peace and love going to Therapy's Dope and I will catch y'all on Monday maybe with some more news 
We'll see. Go Tigers, baby.